Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his cousin gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my cousin Jared on Twitter at Cousin Jared. Today is late night, Sunday, August 21st, 2022, though it'll be at least Monday morning before you are hearing this episode this week. We've got a handful of week zero college football games. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model that predicts what the spread should be for every FBS college football game. Then information along with each team's power rating and a graded A, B, or C pick for every game this week is available in the Google Sheet that is linked in the show's description. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same. As my goal in this episode is to share key information about this week's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why the model or we like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard-earned money. And as I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling. So what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans to help you understand my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. Cousin Jared will also be utilizing a weighted unit scale this season. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say it will be profitable each and every week, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Cousin Jared, our first episode of this, you know, I had I posted pics on Twitter. I had uh, the Google Sheets have been doing that for a little bit. Our first episode of this show on this YouTube platform and also on some of your audio platforms as well if you want to listen to the audio only version was one year ago was this episode week zero of last year's college football season we didn't know what we were doing nope uh we still don't uh, <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> probably to be honest uh we were on a, we were on a zoom call um because it was just like, hey, how do we even do this, right, before we actually got better software? Uh, we, we've come a long way. It's, it's been a year. Uh, it's been a fantastic year. Uh, it's been so much fun. Uh, yeah. A huge thank you to all the viewers. Uh, Cousin Jared's better at this stuff than I am, so I'm going to turn the floor over to him. I think he's got a more formal thank you to everybody on this one. Yes, I, 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 ha- I have the complete list of thank you here's, uh, thank yous here. And, and, and the first one I, I want to say thank you to is you, Professor, for forcing me along on this journey with you. I remember you texting me, asking if I was interested. I, I believe it may have been first like doing an NFL podcast or an NFL I Probably, show. yeah. Yeah. And, and I was like, did he send this to the wrong person? Because <laughs> I, I, am, I am not doing an NFL show. But I, I think that you knew I couldn't say no to college football. And and, and looking back at, at how terrible that first show was, it, it's really a miracle that we kept going. But I cannot <laughs> tell you, viewer, how much fun I had doing that stupid 35 minutes or however long it was on San Jose State in southern Utah. And I, I yep. was just hooked from, from that point on. So uh, thank <laughs> you for your dedication and your drive to do this day in and day out and, and forcing me along on this journey with you. Uh, also want to say a big thank you to Miss Professor, because without her encouragement and support uh, of all of us, but especially pr- Professor here, uh, none of this yep. would be possible. Uh, to, to, to Miss Cousin Jared, my, my wife, uh, 
maybe the only person who irrationally loves college football just as much as I do. Uh, and for her allowing me the time that she has given me to prepare for this show and, and do this every weekend ha and watch so much football every weekend uh, ha has been really important to me. And to the rest of my and our family, who in the beginning probably made up 80% of our views, uh, <laughs> thank you all for putting up with us. Because, I mean, what you see here is what they had to deal with just for years. Like, just yeah, it's true. living with us. <laughs> just on a Tuesday. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so their support ha has been great. Um, and to Jake, who made, I think, a huge difference by convincing you to do a, the college basketball model, which you toyed around with, but weren't completely sold on doing. And really, that kind of blew this channel up, so to speak, relatively to where it started with. Um, and, and the shows. I, Jake yeah. was a, a huge influence. And I don't think people realize how big of an influence that was of him pestering me about yes. continuing to tweak the model uh, and doing the show and be like, hey, like, let's, like, you know, you should do it. You should do one. Like, if you need help, I'll come on and do it. I mean, pester me. And finally, you yeah. know, and you're right. I mean, he was, it was hugely influential and, like you said, helped launch us. Exactly. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and to me, like, this is your baby. To me, it's, it's one thing if you want to spend your time to do this every day. But for Jake, every day during college basketball season to come on this yeah. channel takes some yeah. real dedication. Guys, I've got news for you. I'm not doing a college football show every day. Like, you know, we'll crank out a few a week. I'm not doing it every yeah. day. The, the dedication that these two guys have uh, for their sports is, is definitely um, uh, it's admirable for sure. And to Jack, Jack, who, who hasn't been on the show in a long time, maybe we'll try to get him back for one episode here during college football, but he was the only person gullible enough to join us on this journey right at the beginning. And so for him making the effort, staying up well past midnight to record these shows mm -hmm. and then listening Eastern to time for him. Yeah, and then listening to me rank Christmas movies, um, yep. he, he deserves a, a special shout out. And you already mentioned it, but to all of our viewers, you know, we appreciate obviously you you watching the show, but also appreciate your your interaction here in the comments yep. and, and on Twitter and everywhere else. You know, vast majority it, it has been really a great experience. And to the great sponsors that we've had and ha have partnered with us here. Your support is greatly appreciated. And I want to urge you viewer to go out at uh, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com and check out all those great partnerships there to see all, what all they have to offer. So again, their, their support and encouragement has been great throughout this process as well. So that's a lot of thank yous to go around, but there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes to kind of make all of this, this work. So we, we had to get all those thank yous out there to all these people that have supported us for the past year. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm curious to see as we go through college football season, how many viewers will pick up now, how many people hopped on during college basketball or during baseball yep. season are now with us during college football or how many people will jump on during college football. And then we'll see that we also do the baseball and the, the college basketball as well. It's like we've constantly grown every season. It's been a lot of fun. Like I said, just a huge thank you to, like you said, the viewers and it's the spouses, all four of us, uh, yep. you know, and, and Jack yep. uh, won't be with us this, this culture ball season, but uh, me, you and Jake, all four of us married and uh, spouses yep. have, uh, a huge thank you to them for yeah. letting us yeah. spend all of our time doing this. Some might even stay putting up with us. Yeah, exactly. That too. That too. But so, yeah, just what was supposed to be just a fun thing, and we had no yeah. idea what it would turn into. And, exactly. Uh, it's it's been such a blast. Uh, Culture ball's back. Uh, I I can't is. believe we're here. I yeah. feel like we're still in the middle of baseball season, and I, I know we're actually getting towards the end of it. You know, we're kind of yeah. coming down the home stretch, but it feels like we're still in the middle of baseball season. Uh, football season, I feel like it sneaks up on me every year. It's always exciting when it mm -hmm. does, though. I, I like yep. that week zero happens, that there's not as many games. I just, I wish there were a few more. I wish it was like, 
15, 20 games rather yeah. than just, you know, six or seven. But I do like that it kind of like eases us in like, oh yeah, there's football. Okay, yeah, we can do this and get back in the swing of things because yep. week one is a doozy of a Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, I was going to say, I almost need week zero because it's like, if you just injected week one straight into my veins, I don't right. think my body exactly. would be able to handle it. So like, I need that exactly. little like primer of, of week zero because week one, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot. It's, it's the best, it's the best weekend of the year. One of the best weekends of the year, in my opinion, but yeah. it's, it's a lot yeah. to take in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, any, any other uh, season preview? We have our season preview episodes. If you haven't watched those, uh, there are three yeah. of those. You check that out on the website. There's a whole page devoted to those. Uh, we, uh, the three of us, me, cousin Jared and Jake all make a best bet in each episode. So there's nine season long plays that we recommend. I have no idea if those numbers are still out there at this point. If you haven't seen those yet, I can give you a little primer. We talk about other teams as well. Just some good listening, whether it's this week or next week to kind of get you in the feel for uh, some of these teams. Just, uh, I know you probably got a lot of content that you're that you're trying to consume, but you still get those season preview episodes if you haven't seen those. Because uh, is there anything else before we, uh, before we get to this action? The only thing I would say is, like you said, MLB season is kind of coming down to the, the final stretch here. The model's been doing great the past couple of months. Um, if you're watching this, you're probably on this channel partially because of, of the MLB uh, content. So definitely, if you haven't checked that out, you want to check that out. Again, it's been going really, really well the past couple of months. Um, so we'll the professor will be here with you all the way through the end of the regular season and all the way through the playoffs. So if you haven't checked out that MLB content, just, just make sure you uh, give it a watch because it's been doing really well lately. Yep. All right. Uh, well, before we get to today's show, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free and the only way is when you turn notifications on to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with a friend if you know others in the game. Hit us up on Twitter. Drop a comment if you're on YouTube. We love those and try to respond to as many as we can. Uh, before we get to the games, all lines courtesy of Bet Online. Uh, you can sign up for Bet Online with the link in the show's description and on the website. All the lines are current as of the time of this recording. Uh, we've got an early one here Saturday, 12 30 Eastern, Northwestern Nebraska over in Ireland. I feel like there's a lot to talk about in this game. Um, the first thing I want to cover is. I feel a little bit gypped that the Ireland game is happening in week zero at 12.30 Eastern and yep. not next week during week one at like 8 o'clock Eastern or 9 o'clock yep. Eastern or some really early time. I I, I don't know. I maybe I feel like I hope, I'm probably not the only one. When I heard there's an Ireland game, I'm like, great, there's going to be like that super early game. And it's Yeah, it's like the NFL London obviously. game. Yes, absolutely. The yeah. London game. It's absolutely ridiculous. But like, who doesn't love waking up and being like, oh, great. There's already there's already a game on. Like, I don't have to exactly. wait for the action. So I'm a little disappointed about that. But Northwestern and Nebraska, uh, Northwestern at Nebraska wants his ads versus Nebraska. Obviously, it's in Iowa. No team uh, has a home foot advantage that I'm aware of, at least in that game. Um, Nebraska is a 13 point favorite here. Uh, Cousin Jared, uh, I'll, I'll let you kick us off here. Um, what do you have for us on this one? Yeah, so what I would say to all of the viewers is welcome to the annual Week Zero Nebraska preview. We did it last year, and so yeah, you know did. what? On on the one year anniversary, we're going to do it again. We're going to preview Nebraska's season here in in Week Zero. Um, so the thing about Nebraska is, I, I can't decide if Nebraska was the the worst good team of all time last year, or if yeah. they were were the the best bad team of yeah. of all time. It's one of I the mean, two. Yeah, they they were probably five. 
five plays or so away from winning eight games last year. So it's it's really hard to be too down on them coming into the season. But at the same time, I feel like they're squarely in the like Texas and Miami territory of I absolutely have to see it before I'm going to believe it at, at this point. I think the Adrian Martinez Nebraska split is going to be great for for both people, for both the quarterback and and for Nebraska because it just got to that point where every time the game was on the line, you felt like something was going to happen yeah. with, with him being involved, where it was a fumble or interception, something like that, that was kind of going to going to cost him the game. And I think it was just like a mental hurdle for everybody involved at that point. And the thing is, is I really like Casey Thompson, the, the uh, transfer from from Texas. That's going to, I think, was just named the starter uh, there recently. I think he's going to play pretty well for him, and I like their skill talent, but. Part of the problem with Nebraska last year and, and Adrian Martinez specifically was he was running for his life a lot of the time. And if that doesn't change, some of, some have, of that wasn't some of that was on him and some of it wasn't. Some of that was like there was nothing exactly. To do. And if if that doesn't change, then it's gonna be hard for Thompson to be super successful as well. You know, maybe he won't have those backbreaking turnovers that Martinez did. And if honestly, if they don't have those, they're gonna win a lot more games. Um, but but it's still kind of gonna put a ceiling on on how good they can be. And Thompson dealt with some of that at Texas. I mean, that was Definitely. part of their problem Definitely. last year was or they just couldn't protect any of their quarterbacks. And he was a little bit more adept at just being like, hey, the pocket's breaking down. I'm gonna run for seven throw yards away. and slide yeah. and, or, or, or get out and throw it away. He actually managed that fairly well. So but he, I think he's a little better set up than Martinez to do that. But like you said, it's still not going to be great if they can't yeah. keep him clean. Exactly. And then the other thing about Nebraska is, is I think the questions on their defense are more up the middle. And if there is a, a division where you want to be strong up the middle, it's, it's the big 10 West. So, you know, I think they could potentially get exposed against some of these teams that can just kind of run the ball down your throat. Where every, um, every week's a rock fight. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but so do I think that Nebraska is going to win the big 10 West? Probably not, but I think they have the skill on offense to like, they could definitely win a shootout with Wisconsin, with, with Iowa, with Minnesota. Like if you told me they got in a shootout with some of those teams and they won those games, I would not be surprised. Maybe not Purdue. I, I don't know. I would probably be surprised if they want to shoot out with Purdue. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with that kind of set as the basis for Nebraska's season, I, I think, and this is something I'm going to be referencing a lot throughout the show, especially the first couple of weeks of the season, is basically this season is what could happen in this game that would shock me and how dumb will I feel if I make this play? So what will happen in this game that will shock me? And, and if I make this play, will I feel dumb? So, Professor, let me ask you, in this first game of the college football season, Nebraska and Northwestern, what would what could happen in this game that would shock you? So I have, I have a follow-up question. Are you talking shock, yeah. like truly shock, like Duke beating Clemson in football shock, or just kind of shock, like, oh, I'm kind of surprised that that happened. Like, which level of shock are we talking about? I, I, I'm, I'm very surprised that the game played out this way. Okay. I was going to say, if you're talking about like just uber shock, I was thinking, you know, like maybe like a real leprechaun running on the field, like that would really shock <laughs> me, you know, if, if we're talking about that. But obviously, yeah, I don't think that's where you're going with this one. Uh, you know, honestly, the only thing that would really shock me in this game is a blowout either way. I think hmm. we saw Northwestern, I mean, Nebraska last year play in all these close games. And yeah. 
they, you know, they, they were in like only a couple of games that were close. So, I mean, right. really that would be the thing I'd be, I'd really truly be surprised if Nebraska goes out there and wins by 30 or if Northwestern yeah. wins by 20, like something like the big, I, I expect this game to be relatively tight just because that's what Nebraska does at this point. Right. 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 That, that is true. Except the problem is last year, the only team that they blew out was Northwestern. They won like 50. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a Trivial point, I think. A trivial <laughs> point in all of this, right? I don't see well, how that's relevant. Okay. So and that you, was truly surprising. When it, you look it, back at Nebraska's season, it, you're like, how did that happen, right? That that was very surprising. And, and I, I, really what I was thinking when, if, if I look at this, what could happen in this game that would shock me? The answer is nothing. There's nothing that could happen in this game that would shock me. If Nebraska won by 35 points, I would say, yep, yeah, that feels about right. If, if, I, okay, I guess I would be shocked if Northwestern won by 35. But let's right. be honest, is Northwestern capable of scoring 35 points? Like, I mean, let's, let's be honest, like in the realm shots. of possibility. How, how many minutes in a, in a are because of Jared already throwing shots? Well, I mean, like, we've got lots of history on our side here. It's true. But, it's true. but so, so I don't think there's, there's, anything here that would really, really shock me that much. I have no idea what Nebraska is going to look like. I think they're going to be better, maybe a little better than okay. There, There's no reason to think that Northwestern is going to be a good team, aside from the fact they win eight games every other year. And this is one of those every other year years. So, you know, if, if they came out and won this game, I would also not be shocked at all. And I just feel like there's so many plays I can make in this game where it's just like five minutes in and I'm like, this was completely stupid. Why am I backing Nebraska or why am I backing Northwestern? So for those reasons, as of right now, there's there's nothing here that interests me. And, I, and I'm staying away from this just because I feel like there's too many unknowns with, with both of these teams to make me feel confident about anything right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can see it on there on the screen. My pick is Northwestern plus 13. It's a B grade pick for me. Um I, a lot of what you said there kind of lines up exactly with my reasoning on this. Uh, first things first here at the college football season at the start, you kind of laid out one thing you're going to be thinking. One thing we always have to remember is you should always be able to say exactly why you're going to lose every single pick you can make. And if you can't come up with a reason why you're not going to lose it, you're not thinking hard enough on these picks. Right. There are always ways you could lose picks. Like, the, you know, maybe you're talking, you know, taking some stupid, crazy money line when Alabama plays Vanderbilt, right? That aside, right? There's really no way Vanderbilt's going to win that game. Right. But otherwise, you're talking about when you're talking about spread against the spread picks. Like you're talking about the the highest probability you have ever is going to be probably in the low 60s, right? Low 60 percent. There are ways you're going to lose every single pick, so you should be able to figure them out. And absolutely, the way you can lose this pick here is you saw last year Nebraska kicked the crap out of Northwestern. That's absolutely on the table. I don't think you make picks or don't make picks based off of that reason. You just have to understand that and see how that plays in. I'm willing to take that chance. Every time you make a pick, you're taking that chance. I don't see that happening. Here's why I think you look at Nebraska's games. Most of them last year, they were close. That was the aberration last year. Yep. You look at Northwestern more times than not. Northwestern is a team that loses a bunch of close games. Yep. Um, You're going to find a way to ugly it up. Exactly. To me, this feels like a game that we're going to look back on after six, seven weeks of the college football season and be like, obviously Nebraska was going to win a field goal or a touchdown game. Like, how did we yeah. not see this coming? Like, it feels that way. I, I I think that you're right with Casey Thompson. I think he's an upgrade given that he's probably going to make fewer mistakes than Adrian Martinez. And I think Nebraska's progression this year, to me, is going to go from losing close to winning close games. They're not going to win all their close games, but I think that's the natural progression for them is to start winning a few of those games. They aren't going to continue to have that bad luck. The new quarterback helps. They're going to be in a lot of close games in that division, and I think they're going to win a handful of them. They're going to be a decent team. Yep. Northwestern, the type of season they have is play close, make it, you know, 
uh, you know, tantalizing to their fans. This feels like a game Nebraska wins close. I like getting North. I like getting 13 points with Northwestern. I think they hang in. I think they lose a tight one. It's a B grade pick for me. At 14, it would be an A grade pick. So that's kind of my threshold for there. If I can get that second touchdown, I really like it. At 13, I still think there's value. It's a side I want to be on. But obviously, Nebraska winning by 14 wouldn't be the craziest thing. So it's a two unit play for me on Northwestern. I like it. Don't love it uh, there for that one. At 4 p.m., we're going to move forward to UConn at Utah State. Um, UConn opened up the season last year uh, against Fresno State in a similar game that I feel like Fresno State's still scoring. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm pretty sure I took the points with UConn on that one. Uh, That didn't go well. Nope. Nope. Uh, it seems like a similar situation here. I mean, Utah yeah. State and Fresno State are probably pretty comparable. It's like a rematch of the same game. So it's basically like the football gods being like, hey, what are you going to do this year? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What do, you, what do you have for us on this So I, 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 everybody who's actually watching on YouTube here can see the size of the smile on my face. This is my opportunity to shine. Mountain West is my conference, and I loved – the bad teams, which UConn squarely falls into a, a very bad team. Uh, for the viewers who may not have been with us last college football season, this is the type of game that we will frequently cover here. Um, so just prepare yourself. This is like what you get with this show. Hey, so, there's a reason last year we kept saying we had a whole segment called you don't have to watch them to make the monies, right? This is one games. that you're going to yeah. you're gonna want to watch because there's nothing happening. But on a normal week, you don't want to watch this game. But it doesn't mean you can't make money off of it. Exactly, exactly. So uh, a few quick hitting things. On, on this game so let's go back to week zero last year there were four um fbs versus fbs games last year in week zero none of them had totals go above above 54 points you brought up the even more relevant point there uconn traveled to fresno state week zero last year and that game ended up being um 45 to nothing uh, um fresno state won. so keep that in mind kind of as as we're going through this We've already covered in our preseason show, uh, Utah State was a team that I'm higher on than, than Vegas is. I think they're going to go over their their win total of seven and a half. I think they're going to be good, but I think there could definitely be the opportunity where their offense isn't firing on all cylinders right here at the first game of the season. Um, they lost their top three receivers. They lost their top tight end. They lost their top, top running back from last year. So so they've got a lot of production to, to replace. But maybe more importantly, their quarterback, Logan Bonner, who is very good, he's he's battled injuries his entire career, whether it was at Arkansas State or, or before he, you know, before when he was at Arkansas State and then transferred over to, to Utah State. He he's injured a, a, at least a handful of games every year. This certainly feels like a spot to me where Utah State gets up by a comfortable margin and they pull Bonner out of the game. And also keep in mind, like this is the team that won their division last year, went to the conference championship game, won their bowl game against a, a Pac-12 team, Oregon State. This isn't a team that has anything to prove against UConn in, in week zero. This this is a team who just wants to come out, play solid, win the game, and, and go on to the next week. Not have anybody to achieve. Exactly, exactly. And so to me, this feels like a carbon copy of the Fresno State game week zero last year. And... and you know, that game went under, and I think here, this is the highest total on the board for week zero right now. It's it's 60 and a half. Man, 60 and a half is a lot of points for a very bad UConn team and a, a Utah State team who might want to pull their quarterback early and doesn't have anything to prove in, in this game. So first pick of the season for me, 
signed, sealed, delivered here. We're going to go under 60 and a half in, in the UConn-Utah State game. I just, I, I think it's going to be really tough to get to 61 points in, in week zero. Yeah, I, I fully endorse that play. Uh, last year, I, I didn't do it. I don't know if anybody did, but it felt like there should be a Twitter account that was, did UConn score a touchdown today? And it would just be a series of no tweets. I mean, yeah. their yeah. offense was truly terrible. They're the third worst team, according to my power rankings. Um, they're whoa, very, whoa, very whoa, bad. Whoa, whoa. You, can't, you, can't just, you can't just throw that out there. <laughs> who's worse? No, I can't. Why not? <laughs> no, who's, who's, who's worse? I, I need to hear who's worse. Well, UMass is second to worst. Touche. Okay. Okay. And so who- and we'll talk about New Mexico State later. They're oh, dead last. God. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we will. Yeah. We will talk about New Mexico yeah. State. Just like later. last year, some bad teams playing in this week's zero slate. Exactly. Um, UConn it's truly terrible. What I will say about UConn last year in that Fresno State game is I, I watched that game. My eyes were basically bleeding by halftime. <laughs> but UConn's offense could not move the ball whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Their defense actually looked a little frisky and really frustrated Fresno State at times, but their defense was constantly out on the field with yeah. bad field position, and it was just a matter of time. And sure enough, once the floodgates opened, Fresno State scores like 21 points in like a five-minute span. And that's kind of the hope here for UConn and kind of the hope a little bit for the under. I think the under is probably a little safer. But the hope here for UConn in making this game respectable, maybe not necessarily going, getting a win but not getting embarrassed, you know, is – that Utah State offense, like you said, has a few guys uh, not returning uh, that were some of their big receivers. If their offense isn't really clicking on all cylinders here, if their offense stalls a little bit as well, then UConn's defense won't get as tired. And they played fairly decent last year, and they can keep this, I would assume, in the like 35 to 7 type, 35 to 14 type as it's getting late. And then at that point, like you said, Utah State puts all the backup in. UConn still playing hard, gets that backdoor cover for us or something. So I think Utah, I think 27 and a half is too many points. I really love 28. 27 and a half, I think is too many points here. It's a C pick for me. The model says that this game should only be, I believe it says Utah State minus uh, 22.1. So it's a massive edge, even out here at the ends of the distribution. But Based off of that UConn Fresno State game last year, even though it's a large edge between what the model says and what the actual line is, I'm not going any heavier than a C grade pick on this game, at especially at this number, just because UConn can get the doors blown off of them. They could be down 28 nothing at halftime, and then you're not feeling great about this one. So yeah. I think it's too many points, but they're, they, we talk about the number of ways you can lose this one. There's a lot of them here. And the first yeah. one is UConn scores zero points all game. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, if I could get 28, maybe I'd consider. They're giving that a B grade at 28, uh, but 27 and a half. Uh, again, I think it's too many points. It's a side I want to be on here, but it's just not an investment that I want to go too heavy on. So it's just a C grade pick for me here on UConn there. And then cousin Jared, again, you like that under, like I said, I endorse that pick yeah. as well. I think that makes a lot of sense um, out there in that one. If you're new to the show, unders are kind of my thing. So like you're going <laughs> to learn, you don't need me to tell you that, but you're just going to learn like unders are kind of my thing. And I, and I feel like I missed this at the start of the show, right? Again, like I said, you're better at this stuff than I am, but because you're last year on the full season profitable for the year. So the unders are working for you. So if people, I was profitable by the definition of above zero, 
that is it was above guess. zero yeah yeah hey yeah but making all the all the picks you know that's it i always yeah. feel like you know i'm forcing myself to make a pick on every single game like for my record here like every single game yeah. at one sports book like just anything in the profit like is a goal because it's really yeah. hard picking every single game to you are picking yeah. every single game but still profitable still still something good so yeah, exactly. the end mostly working for you here so yeah uh to the night games here at 7 p.m eastern this is the only game in this time slot. Uh, this is your last Saturday to like go see a movie, uh, go out to dinner with the family, maybe just even have some alone time. You know, you know, catch up on whatever summer shows that you got before the fall TV show hits. Charlotte will be playing Florida Atlantic. Uh, I'll be watching this because that's what I do. But, that's what we do. Um, yeah. This game, this game is not going to be pretty. Um, Florida Atlantic is a touchdown favorite. I. I I don't think I saw more than 30 minutes of these two teams combined last year. Like they don't mm -hmm. tend to find my TV screens. So I don't right. really feel like I can tell you, I don't think I can name a single player on either team. So I don't know. Maybe cousin Jerry, can you name, name a single player on either team? Nikosi Perry is a quarterback for Florida Atlantic previously of, of Miami. And so, yeah, that's, that's probably the only, there you go. I can name there you go. There you go. You got. You got the. What, what else you got for us on this game? Okay. Okay. So, uh, you you mentioned that, that neither of these teams got much screen time with you last year. Uh, what would what would be um, something interesting from from a, a a betting perspective about one of these teams that would put one of these teams on my radar? If you just had to like guess right off the top of your head, maybe we just on your radar. Yeah, like your radar. Yeah, probably like if one of these teams went like eleven and one at the under last year or something, I'd be like, if you went. Under on eight of their twelve games last there you season. Go, there you go. So so yes, I, I FAU was on my radar the second half of the season. So so you viewer maybe maybe asking yourself why am I not like jumping all over the under on on this FAU game? Well, the problem is is because Charlotte went over in five of their last seven games last year and their last four in a row, and honestly, only one of those you know five out of those seven that that went over only one of them was by less than a touchdown. They were like blowing these numbers out. I think the other four went over by thirty. 13 or more points. So Charlotte kind of got on, they, they were playing some good offensive teams there at the end of the season, but they also kind of got on a roll offensively. They're bringing back a lot of skill talent on, on the offense. So I, I'm just not, we're probably going to, we're going to have a show later this week. Come back, watch that. Maybe by that point, uh, depending on if this total has moved, maybe I make a play at that point. Uh, right now it's at 57 and a half. Um, but right now, I, I just can't get to the point where I feel comfortable with any of the total numbers that are that are out there. So the spread, nothing really jumps out at me here. Like you said, I I, I didn't watch these teams close enough to kind of know how they would match up. So many unknowns in, in week zero. Uh, but yeah, come back, watch the show at the end of this week. Maybe I've talked myself in, into a total play. But for right now, uh, nothing I think of, of value in this game. Yeah, model says Florida Atlantic minus 6.6 .6 in this game. Uh and neither one of these teams is very good. Charlotte ranks 116th. Uh, Florida Atlantic is all the way up to 95th. I mean, this is, you know, not going to be great football, obviously. Uh, I'll take the seven with Charlotte, especially at minus 105. It's a big great play for me here. Uh, early in the season, uh, bad football. I think there's a lot of unknown, a lot of variability. That variability tends to lead us to take the underdogs. Uh, and I think that's the way you want to look here, especially if you're getting that seven. Now, six and a half, it's really a stay away for me. Again, the model says 6.6, .6, and six and a half is the number that, you know, Florida Atlantic should be favored. I think they're probably going to be the better team in their home, but they're not going to be better by enough to justify, I think, a touchdown or larger spread. So at seven, minus 105, it's a bigger pick. I think it makes a lot of sense. It's more or less equivalent to getting seven and a half if you lay 115.
15. So if you're shopping around, you have that option. Those are about equivalent picks. If you wanted to split your wager there, that might make a little bit of sense. Um, or if you just have one or the other, it's personal preference. Mathematically, those are pretty equivalent, paying that dime to go from 7 to 7. Now, buying onto the 7 is better than off of the 7. Uh, in general, I don't recommend buying points. There's very, very rarely ever a situation. It's very rare where it makes sense um, on spreads to buy points. And the reason why is the points that matter around 3, 7, things like that. They price them higher. If you could buy on to three for 10 cents, absolutely. But no book's going to let you do that these days. Right. So they make you pay the premium for it. And so they know exactly what this is worth too. And they make you pay more than it's worth. So in general, I would not buy points on this one. I would just take whatever you got, shop around. And if one book has a different option that you like, then absolutely take that out. But they're going to charge you more of a premium than it's probably worth. So it's just my general two cents there. But I like Charlotte here getting the touchdown, especially at minus 105 odds. Um, in the long run, every time you can get minus 105, that's going to help you out it's a long season yeah uh it's gonna help soften your losses and or increase your wins so i mean minus 105 plus seven i think it makes a lot of sense who the heck knows what's gonna happen florida Atlantic might win a close one uh charlotte might pull the upset so i think there's a lot of ways we can win that one it'd be a great pick for me there uh 9 p.m eastern in el paso texas unt north texas at utep Lines of pick them right now. Two teams that last year kind of frisky, both kind of came along and surprised some people. Yep. Um, UNT was left for dead, uh, came along strong at the end to make a bowl game. UTEP started off strong and played fairly well most of the season and finally got some recognition there towards uh, the end for actually having a reasonable season, one of their, their best seasons in, um, I don't know, ever. <laughs> pick, a, yeah. pick a large number. Yeah. I'm not sure they ever had a successful yeah. season uh, out there. UTEP, obviously not quite the same story as UTSA, you know, kind of a notch behind that, but a couple smaller Texas schools uh, with regards to their football prowess that uh, looked pretty decent last year, kicking us off in week one. Should be an interesting game here. Uh, maybe a little bit of an under-the-radar game here if you're up uh, late on a Saturday night. Uh, Cousin Jared, what do you got for us? Okay, Professor, you might need to put the timer on. This might be my longest monologue of the season. So get ready for it. Everybody, this is the game I am most looking forward to with with week zero. These two Texas teams. Yeah. These two Texas teams playing. You you mentioned that both of them frisky last year, completely opposite ways, though. So Utah started out really hot kind of started fading down the stretch. But again, seven wins for that UTEP team after what they've been through. Multiple years of winning like one game a season. Great year. UNT literally got up out of the coffin. And and, I mean, they 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 said left for dead. Yeah. 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 And and they they came back and ended up going to a bowl game. So uh, both of them really strong seasons, especially like we said, where, where UNT was coming from. Um, I I do want to say, cause, cause Jack and I, you know, covered this ad nauseum last year, you're going to get a very nice sunset there in El Paso around the beginning of the second quarter in this one. I I may or may not have Googled what time the sunset in in El Paso. Also common misconception. The 50, the 50 people, the 50 people yes. who watched last year's episode about that are like, I remember, yeah, we talked about yes. this a lot. Those, those yes. 50 people are enjoying it. Yeah. Yes. And in El Paso, common misconception, El Paso is actually in the, the mountain time zone. So they're not mm, yep. in with the rest of Texas in the central time zone. So yep. sunset there around the, the middle of the second quarter. Um, so I, I mentioned at the top of the, the show here that we want to focus on things we know and maybe more so I said there's a lot of things we don't know. I feel like there's a lot of things that we do know about both of these teams here. And so this is, this is a game where I, I feel much more confident, I think, than some of the other ones that that we're going to discuss. So let's start with North Texas. Terrible start last year. Down the stretch, they caught on fire, won a lot of games. 
Now, what changed when, when their season kind of turned around? The number one thing that changed is they turned their offense into a three yards in a cloud of dust. And mm. that is a big change from what Seth Luttrell was doing the few mm. years previously when he had Mason Fine and they were throwing the ball 500 times a, a season. Now they they threw the ball like, I don't know, they threw for less than 2,000. Their starting quarterback threw for less than 2,000 yards last year. They were really just running the ball down down everybody's throat. And the coaching staff has made comments this offseason that they want to keep doing that because they got successful when they did that, and they just waited too long to change the offense last season. So they really want to stick to kind of what was working well for them down the stretch last year. So that's offensively. Defensively, they're, they really turned it on as well. Now, there's definitely a correlation between their offense playing better the second part of last season, especially running the ball, possessing the ball. Their defense was on the field for a lot less plays. But during that winning streak, plus their bowl game, North Texas's defense gave up 24 points in overtime, 14 points, 17 points, 7 points, 23 points, 27 points. So I can't say that it was their defense exclusively. It may have been partially complimentary football there, but the points allowed took a big step forward for them in the second half of, of last season. So now let's let's uh, let's focus on one more thing with North Texas. I want to talk about the quarterback situation. So this past week, they named Austin Ani the starter, which was a bit of a surprise because Grant Gannell transferred from Memphis during the offseason. Now, Grant Gannell, going to give you way more information than you want to know here. Grant Gannell is the most prolific passer in Texas high school football history. During his four-year career in, in high school, he threw for over 16,000 yards and 195 touchdowns in four years. What, what high school? St. Pius the 10th, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I can't tell you exactly which one. He originally, the reason I know him, he originally committed to AM and then ended up following Ooh. someone to Arizona, then transferred from Arizona to Memphis and now has transferred from Memphis to North Texas. Perfect example of why handicapping college football in week zero is very, very difficult <laughs> these days. Talk about frequent flyer miles. My goodness. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but where I'm going with this is that if Gannell had been named the starter, you could convince me that there were a lot of unknowns with this North Texas offense, but he got right. beat out by Ani, who was the quarterback last year. Ani only threw for nine touchdowns and nine interceptions threw for less than 2000 yards. He, he was not, he was not great. So the fact that he's also the, the starting he, quarterback again this year, I feels like tells you something. And they did run a little bit of like the zone read with him too, right? Like they, he yeah. used his legs to yeah. their strength, which is probably why they decided to go with him because in theory that tells you the type of offense that they're going to run with getting him on the ground more, keeping the, like, so keeping the clock running different type of offense than an air it out type it, of offense. Exactly. And he, he ran for over 300 yards. You know, he got sacks taken out of that. So who knows how many yards he actually rushed for there. But uh, statistically, it was like 350-something yards or something like that. Now, let's flip over to UTEP's side. UTEP's offense was consistent last year. The problem was it wasn't great. Like, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good. Uh, now, excluding games against New Mexico State, who ironically <laughs> we just talked about. and, and in, in that game in week zero uh, yes. last year where we were yes. like, these two teams are terrible. And looking back, it was like, oh, actually, one of them was kind of okay. Yeah, yeah. And so exclude the game against New Mexico State and Bethune-Cookman, who, who, again, those were the first two games of last season. UTEP scored 13, 20, 28, 26, 19, 25, 23, 17, 38, and one game with 38, 25, and 24. On and top if of I this, recall, too, and if I recall, too, one of the issues with UTEP, it, a lot of those rating systems, mine included, did not really favor them that much, even despite that early those early starts, because a lot of those wins were against weaker competitions. You talk about New Mexico State, right, Bethune-Cookman, right. but even their other games that they were winning, maybe not as bad as New Mexico State, but they were beating up on some bad teams 
beating up, you know, like I said, winning 28 to 21 or something. But I mean, they weren't playing good football teams and they still were not scoring a ton for the most part. Yes, exactly. And they lost their their top receivers that accounted for over 2000 yards and and like 11 or 12 touchdowns. And so, you know, when when your offense wasn't that explosive to begin with, losing your top two receiving threats, I think, are going to be pretty tough. From a defensive perspective for UTEP, they I'm going to give you the list of teams that scored more than 30 points against UTEP last year. Those teams that scored more than 30 points against UTEP last year were Boise, UT San Antonio, UAB, and Fresno State. Fresno Got news for teams. you. North, North Texas ain't any of those teams. <laughs> no. So, so to bring this full circle, kind of how we started the conversation around around this show, what would I be shocked would happen in this game? I would be shocked if there were a lot of points scored in this game. This was a really long way of telling you people, I did a lot of research on this one, and I am playing the under here. The problem is all of the air was taken out of the room. This number was at 55 and a half. And, and you know, a little bit of education here for those that may not know. 55 is the most commonly landed on total for a college football game. Almost 4% of all college football games the last five years have landed at a total of 55. Yesterday, this total was at 55 and a half. I was ready to hammer the under on the 55 and a half. I am, I cannot in good conscience viewer tell you to hammer the total where it's currently at, at bet online at 54 and a half. It is widely available at 55. I would tell you go out right now and hammer that under at under 55. I cannot tell you to do that at 54 and a half. What I'm going to do is I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and see if it goes back up to 55. If it goes back up to 55, I'm definitely taking it there. Honestly, if, if it keeps going down, I'm comfortable letting this number go down to like 52 and a half before I, I lock in my play. I would, I would really do anything to, to, to get it back up to, to 55. I, again, I would wait all the way down to 52 and a half if I really wanted to. I know the professor said buying points around those key numbers is difficult. I haven't noticed there being a premium on going from on, to- exactly, yeah. on totals. I was going to say, yeah, the premium of the, of the key numbers of, of spreads happens for some reason it happened on totals. Yeah. So again, if you've got multiple books, I promise you, you're going to easily be able to find this at 55, maybe even 55 and a half. But if you don't have any other choices, I I personally would buy this up to 55 and pay that extra dime or whatever it might be to, to get this on 55. Because again, 4% of all games the past five years has landed on 55. So I will be on the under in this game. It's just a question of what the number is going to be depending on what it does um, for the rest of this week, because I'm perfectly fine with waiting as long as I have to for the potential for it to go back up to 55. And so we talked about you're using a, a unit scale system too, where you feel like you want to put a second unit on a pick. Uh, if I'm reading you correctly, uh, I just want to confirm this. It sounds like if, but we'll have another show later in the week uh, where we'll come back to see if uh, some of the numbers change. We, we have skipped one game. If you, if you notice the uh, Wyoming Illinois game, we'll cover that one on Friday. Um, if it's like 53 on Friday, you would still put a unit on that under, but at 55 or 55 and a half, that would be a two unit play for you. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. That's what I was hearing. I just want to make sure that we were on the uh, same page there. I'm taking UNT uh, and I pick them. You do have to lay minus 115 there for this one to be a great pick for me. I think UNT is a much better team. I think UTEP was a lot of smoke and mirrors last year. I don't think they beat hardly anybody that had a pulse. Uh, UNT is solid. Again, not great. Um, they do have to go on the road, of course. 
but but I, I just think they're the much better team, and that's that's who I want to be on here. Uh, especially said I don't have to lay any numbers, and it's only minus one fifteen. I like UNT. Uh, model says it should be UNT minus two even on the road, so um, it's a B grade pick for me. Uh, not enough value there for an A grade pick, but I like UNT, and I think they're worth a look here this weekend. Uh, I, first one I'm going to come in. I, I completely endorse that pick. I, I agree with with how UTEP faded down the stretch and how UNT just was playing lights out. Um, again, not many points. I think I trust UNT to grind grind it out on the ground and, and get more first downs, possess the ball longer, and then co- convert when they get to the red zone. Um, so I, I completely endorse that pick. I, I love the under here. Or if if I only choosing one side, I would definitely play the under here. But I, I like North Texas too. I think it's a good pick. All right, and then we've got a ten o'clock Eastern game: Nevada at New Mexico State. Like we already talked about, New Mexico State, yeah. the worst team in my power ratings here. Um, Nevada is a nine and a half point favorite right now on the road. Uh, you can see there on the screen, uh, I'll, I'll kick us off here. I've got an A grade play on Nevada here. Uh, the reason I'm locking an A grade play right now at nine and a half is I want it before it hits 10. You talk about key numbers here. Yep. 10 isn't the most key of numbers, but it's a reasonable uh, score for this game to land on. I want to lock this in before it gets to 10. Model says it should be uh, a little bit north of 11, I believe. Uh, if this spread closes i don't think it will but if it closes at like 13 uh 13 and a half i would just be like yeah new mexico state's really bad i mean yeah. that would be my, my my bottom line is i wouldn't yeah. i wouldn't think it's crazy you know i wouldn't lay 13 absolutely but i don't think it's crazy to think that they should be even more than 10 point favorites with how bad new mexico state is so i got an a great play on nevada minus nine and a half uh because joe what do you got for us here this is going to be a carbon copy of week zero last year where i spent five minutes convincing myself that I should take UTEP, lay the points with UTEP against New Mexico State. I didn't do it. Couldn't bring myself to do it. And sure enough, UTEP blew them out. Um, yeah. <laughs> lather, rinse, repeat, guys. I'm <laughs> I, I'm not touching this line with Nevada. And, and the reason that I'm not doing it is because I just have so many questions about Nevada. They're only bringing back two starters on offense. Uh, their coach Norvell went from Nevada to Colorado state, uh, went to, went, you know, went to the, the, another team in conference there, took a lot of players with him. Carson strong is gone. We can debate. And I think we did debate at points last year, how good Carson strong actually was, mm-hmm. but yeah, there did. was, there was no doubt how much of a load he shouldered for that team last year. He was their entire offense at times. And and I, I may read this stat here twice, just, just so everybody hears it correctly. Nevada lost 3,842 receiving yards from last year and 35 receiving touchdowns. That's more than some teams had. That's more than a lot of teams had. Exactly. <laughs> they're they're their leading receiver, leading receiver, returning receiver from last year had like 250 yards or 300 yards or something like that. Yeah. And then and nobody after that. I mean, they lost almost 4,000 receiving yards. They, they lost all but one of their offensive linemen. I just, I just, I, I just, I just can't get there for, for me, you know, in, in week zero, I like to think about things that I know, like I said, I felt like I know a lot about that North Texas UTEP game. This is the exact opposite. I know nothing about New Mexico state and I know, I feel like I probably know even less about Nevada with, with how much turnover they're going to have. So for me, this is a stay away. I'm sure I will regret it just like I did week zero last year, but, but I, I can in good conscience say that, man, I feel really confident about anything here because I definitely don't. I think you are going to regret it. Absolutely. Uh, I can tell you everything <laughs> you need to know about New Mexico state. I feel like I'm going to play, do my best. Jack. We've had the Jack show earlier, right? Jack, yeah. uh, you know, from New Mexico and knows New Mexico yeah. football. And uh, I feel like if Jack was here, he would tell you, 
because uh, of Jared, don't you don't need to know anything yeah. about New Mexico State. They are yeah. terrible. They're terrible at every position on the field. Um, yeah. I I think, and, and I, I wanted to close on this point about this game because it's the perfect segue into our last game because the two teams that lost just insane amounts of players in production, Hawaii and Nevada, and I, I have a hypothesis, and I'm going to try to exploit this hypothesis, and I could be wrong on it, but I'm wondering if we haven't overthought returning production a little bit too much in that mm. everyone knows its value. And I'm not saying it's not valuable. It absolutely is. But I think five years ago, that was a key insight early on in the season that could right. really inform your priors. And now I'm talking about a prior statistically from building a model, and there's a mathematical meaning behind that word, and I absolutely mean that. But I also mean prior from the prior belief system, just the colloquial usage of the word, if you were to take the mathematics behind what I build and talk about that's how we think, where we have a thought process and we see some data and then we update our thought process and that becomes our new belief system, right? That, that mm -hmm. thought process, that the returning production thing was so important five years ago and people didn't realize it. And so if you thought, if you knew about that, you could really make a killing early on because the, the books and most people were just thinking this team's going to be good. And they weren't, they, they didn't have that information. They didn't know about that five years ago, 10 years ago, whatever it may be. I'm wondering if now, if it's a little bit, we've swung the pendulum a little bit too much because absolutely Nevada is going to be not nearly that good this year. But I feel like this line is deflated because everyone's talking about that. In reality, people forget just how terrible New Mexico State is. Yeah, That UTEP last year went in, played in this New Mexico State team and kicked the crap out of them. And it wasn't even yeah. close. I mean, it was like 28 nothing or so at the half. And yeah. I, I don't know what Nevada has, but I feel like they're probably as good as last year's UTEP team, which was, again, a not a great team, but a competent yeah. one. I feel like Nevada can be competent, at least relative to Mexico State. And so I think we're kind of overvaluing this a little bit. And again, it's that it's valuable. It's just there's so much talk about it that it's like when everyone talks about the same thing, now the pendulum swings a little bit too much. And that's why I said, I think right. that's what's happening here. The model says it should be Nevada, I think, except minus 11. And like I said, 11 to 13 makes a lot more sense than nine and a half does, in my opinion, because New Mexico State is terrible. Yeah. And that segues me right to our last game because Hawaii is the other team that has that situation. Vanderbilt on Hawaii will be a late win, 10.30 Eastern kickoff. Uh, Vanderbilt's a seven-point road favorite. Because, uh, Jared, we looked this up at the start of the show because I was curious uh, just how bad Vanderbilt was. Last year, Vanderbilt closed out the season out of 130 FBS teams ranked 120th. I feel like just having SEC on your chest when you go recruit yes ought to be able to get you enough players to be better than 120th. It's bizarre right. how bad Vanderbilt truly was. I don't really see this incarnation of Vanderbilt being drastically better. Now, the model right now does have them up at 108th, and I think that's probably a little bit of a bounce back of they're in the SEC. They probably can't be as bad as they were last year, which is probably right. true. But the 108th best team in college football, as bad as Hawaii is, I have a Hawaii 121st. Like I said, a lot about football this weekend. Yeah. Hawaii is going to be absolutely terrible. But I think what we're seeing is the same thing that we had happen with Nevada in that there's a little bit of yeah. this too much talk about Hawaii lost everybody. Hawaii lost everybody. I know Hawaii lost everybody. I know Hawaii is terrible. But y'all, are you forgetting how terrible Vanderbilt is? Are you right. forgetting that Hawaii has one of the biggest home field advantages just because traveling out to Hawaii and playing a football game isn't easy? The model says Vanderbilt should be favored here. But I feel like Vanderbilt minus three makes a whole lot more sense than Vanderbilt minus seven. You can see it on the screen. I've got Hawaii. Yeah. 
plus seven with an A grade pick. I, I, like I said, I, I think these are two terrible football teams. And like I said, I think Vanderbilt is better and should still be road favorites, but seven just blows my mind here. Like I said, I'm kind of trying to exploit this with them in Nevada. I think that people are overhyping this returning production thing, which does matter absolutely, but it doesn't change the fact that the teams that they're playing are also terrible and were terrible last year. And guess what? They brought back all those terrible players and they're still terrible. And nothing right, has right. changed. Because yeah. Jared, what do you got for us on this one? I feel like this is a good example of what you're going to get with this show because you got you that has, you know, facts and statistics and biases and all these other things. And then you've, you've got me that's like, well, returning production, you know, you can't win if you don't got returning production. So, so yeah, I think this is a good example of what you're going to, going to get here. Um, so I have, to, I have to ask you, I, I know this is week zero. It, we talked about it earlier with UConn and Utah state, that this is the type of like area that we love to live in on this show is <laughs> Week zero, too early to say that this is going to be the picks with the professor game of the year. Because Vanderbilt I mean, in Hawaii doesn't get much more us than, than this Yeah, game. <laughs> it, it, might, it might be because it's like there will be another game later that's worse than this, but it won't involve an SEC school probably. Exactly. It, won't involve, it won't involve a school that's like the flagship school of the state and an right. SEC school. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely in the running for sure, especially yeah. given Hawaii still playing in a stadium that holds 9,000 people. They weren't able to get wow. the renovation done. And so uh, they, were, they were trying to get that done, but they had COVID issues uh, mm-hmm. during the, the process. And so they were trying to get it renovated up to 15,000. Now they're planning to get up to 17,000 for next season, but they will still, it's a, still a small, and it's on their campus. Um, and last, last, there'll be fans there, which will be good. Uh, last year for the first half, there weren't fans there and it felt like you were watching a high school game. I mean, there were, you can count on, you need more than your hands and toes to count just in the state of Texas, how many high school stadiums hold more people than that, or re, that stadium there. And it's like I said, it's until they get that renovations, it, it's a, it's a high school stadium and it felt weird watching it. So, I mean, it's going to be a, I think you said early contender for game of the year, because it's a wonky setup for sure. Definitely. Definitely. So with that being said, if you're new to this show, I I, I mean, I'm not going to hide this. I irrationally love Hawaii football. College football is better when Hawaii is good. Nothing is better than a a midnight central kickoff on the islands. And, And even better, I love Timmy Chang, QB 14 on NCAA 2002. Long live Timmy Chang is is all I can say. Um, I just can't believe you went back and looked up the year because I could could not have told you the year. I was like, I remember playing with him for sure, but I could not have told you the year. That was the first one that I had. It had Chris Winkie on the cover. I'll never never forget it. Okay. Um, All right. But the problem is, is, is you, you mentioned all the returning production and I am very yeah, concerned that it's going to be, yeah, yeah. I, I'm very concerned that it's going to be a long year for our friends on the, on the islands. The, the Todd Graham era ended so terribly and they had so many people, players, so much turmoil. People, yeah. Yeah. People leaving the program. You know, and, and, and a very different situation than Nevada. Nevada was just like the coach left and like she took the players with him kind of thing. And, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, quarterback being a senior, right? But yeah. Hawaii's was yeah turmoil in midseason and it seemed like there were some players who were quitting midseason i mean it was just chaos there on the island if you missed that last year yeah so they returned three offensive linemen so i think their offensive line might be okay and they've got an experienced running back but brand new quarterbacks lose all of their leading receivers (laughs) they lost 10 starters from their defense last year and that which you know we, we talk about this this is something we need to keep in context too they lost 10 starters off of a defense that was ranked 113th so yeah is, is that a does it, bad thing? Does it matter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who knows? <laughs> and, and so I know Vanderbilt isn't good, 
but isn't a bottom level SEC? Sorry, I can't say that without laughing. <laughs> but isn't a the excuse me the bottom level SEC mm-hmm. team still capable of going on the road and beating Hawaii by a touchdown? I feel like under normal st- circumstances, my answer would be no. But just Hawaii has just has has so much turmoil. This is one come back to the Friday show. If if this line moves below definitely like six, I have a feeling I would have a difficult time not being on Vanderbilt in, in this spot. Um, right now, no play. I'm I'm not I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm not laying a touchdown with with uh, with Vanderbilt. Um, but come back on Friday, and if the line's moved, it might be something I'll look at. But yeah, at, at this number, I, I can't pull the trigger. Yeah, you can see they're on the screen. I'm having to lay minus 118 to get the plus seven. They're like, I love getting the touchdown there. It's an A grade pick for me on Hawaii. Um, I think my my kind of final thought on this for you here, and you kind of talked about it there, but I, I'll kind of like summarize it a little bit, is Hawaii is being priced in this game like they're New Mexico State. And mm. they may be that bad, right? They yeah. definitely, like you said, they've lost a lot of production. You know, new coach coming in. You never really know how that's going to be, especially right off the bat, right? They may actually be that terrible. And I think yeah. if Vanderbilt does go in and win by double digits, which is absolutely on the table, like we talked about at the start of the show, you absolutely can lose every single play that you make. Um, and you got to think through that. And Vanderbilt winning by, by 10 or, or 14 or something, it's not the craziest thing in the world. It's absolutely possible. And if that happens, you start having to ask yourself how just how bad Hawaii is because Hawaii doesn't really play a tough schedule. Um, and this is an SEC school, but Vanderbilt isn't SEC caliber whatsoever. I mean, they do not belong. This football team does yeah. not belong in that conference. I mean, they're right. going to lose every conference game almost assuredly, and they're going to lose almost all of them by double digits. I mean, it's, yeah. it's going to be, you know, probably – most of their games by 20 or 30, right? So yep. this is a game that Hawaii at home, starting off the season with a new coach, and you don't really know what they're going to throw at them nope. schematically, right? So, I mean, this is a game that Hawaii, like, if they're going to be not absolutely terrible, needs to hang in there. And they should be hanging in there with a chance to win this game. I mean, if I'm if I'm Timmy Chang there, I'm thinking, I'm getting my guys ready to play and say, hey, we got a shot to win this game. I think they absolutely do. Yep. And... And so it'll be a big test to see. Uh, but like I said, if they end up losing by 14 or so, then we'll start having to say they really are as bad as the yeah. UConn's and New Mexico State or whatever. I don't think they're that bad. I think they're going to be very, very bad. But mm-hmm. New Mexico State and, and that level, like it's a whole new level of, of yeah. terrible that I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. That, it's a it's a big st- it's a big too. step down from like 120, 121 to 128. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a big drop there at the bottom. Just like there's a big drop at the top. We haven't talked about the top teams, but the top three teams. Yeah, there's a who huge cares? Drop We've got plenty of time to talk about those teams. Who cares? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. We'll talk a lot about them, of course, because what yeah. else? I mean, that's what we'll do. But none yeah. of those are in action um, this week. Because there any parting words? Again, reminder, we will have that Friday show uh, when mm-hmm. we'll come back and talk about the last game. We're talking about some of these games if the line moves. Uh, we'll bring yep. Jake on board, let him make some picks uh, for that Friday show. But any any parting words here before we sign off on episode one of the 2022 season? Nope. Just five days until college football kickoff. It's like I said, be- best time of year here, college football kicking off NFL, not far behind stretch run of, of MLB. Make sure you're watching all the MLB content on this channel. It's, it's going to be a, a fun fall fall for sure. All right. Well, that's all we have for you today. Thanks again for tuning in another episode of picks with the professor reminder to check out the Google sheet for model picks, projections and results. You can find that link and more at the website www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. We will see you again at the end of the week for that second episode to recap week zero before we head into the weekend for these games, kicking off the season. But until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please 
Don't bet your 80 money.